0: This week's episode is a fantastic chat with Sina Grace, who is the creator and writer behind Dark Veil, the drag queen formerly known as Shade in the Marvel Universe. So, Such an awesome conversation. I loved talking to Sina about uh, creating comics and creating queerness in comics and uh, also realizing queerness has always been there. And if you want to do a little... Favor for your pal, Cammie. Why don't you hop over to iTunes and leave us a great review on query? I haven't asked for that in a while. I'm just uh, asking for what I need. Friends, leave some nice reviews. Please, thank you so much. Enjoy the episode.
1: Hi. <laughs> Hello.
0: I'm, I always have folks introduce themselves. Will you introduce yourself?
1: Yeah. Oh, God. I, and speaking of things we said before we started, uh, I also listened to Roxane Gay's and hers was so baller. She's like, I'm Roxane Gay. Um, <laughs> I'm Sina Grace. I'm not Roxane Gay. But <laughs> I write and draw comic books and, and do a lot of other various things in the world of writing and drawing. And uh, yeah, and I'm me.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, I, You gave me a pin. You gave me a little a beautiful enamel pin. And and can you tell me about this? Because yeah. this is part of the reason we're talking today. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I made these pins of uh, the Marvel Comics has a mutant drag queen superhero. Uh, one of her aliases is Shade. That's how the world got to know her. But um, she took off and went super viral. And Marvel was like, okay, well, Shade's a very common name, a common word. Uh, let's make it, her, let's make her something that belongs in our world. So we wrote an origin story and uh, her superhero name is Dark Vale. Um, and yeah, that's why I'm here. I write the Iceman comic book at Marvel and, you know, he's an openly gay uh, character in the X-Men universe and one of the first five X-Men characters um, from the 60s. So that was a landmark thing that I didn't do in and of itself. Uh, and then Dark Veil Shade was something that I did uh just by existing and turned into this whole, like, I, you know, the, that's the funny thing. You never know when something's going to be a big deal. And it was a huge deal. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, there's a couple. First of all, I will say I'm excited to have this conversation just because I know almost nothing about how comics are written, even though I actually know other people who write comics. And there are plenty of people that are, like, stand-ups that are in the stand-up world that then eventually, like, might have some sort of collaboration. Yeah. So, like, I should know more about this, but I just don't. So I'm curious as to, like, I I'm, i can't wait to ask you a bunch of questions about, like, how one even writes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, I, but I also think, you know, especially when you're talking about X-Men, it's one of those things where— and comics in general are one of the, it's one of those areas where it's like, anything in the world could be created and still often that's not queerness. It's like, right. it's like Star Trek or whatever or Star Wars or anything where there's like a whole universe made from scratch, but they're mostly white or they look like squid, you know, like yeah. it's like, <laughs> and you're like, but anything could have been created, you know? And they're right. like, well, there's like white people and then there's like blue people. And you're like, well, there could also be, have you ever thought that there might be like also like black people, yeah. you know, like that, They're that, that might be part of it. Um, and I think, you know, when I think about queerness, I'm so excited about, I was so excited to talk to you because it's like, especially in X-Men where yeah. like the whole thing can be an allegory for like the way that we're treated. Yeah, um,
1: there's a, there's a, and I think sort of something uh, that you're saying that i've been playing with or thinking about is like the explicit versus the implicit mm. and especially with something like x-men where it really is this like uh safe like it's the safest space in comic books for anyone and everyone to say that is me i've been othered i've been marginalized um you can you know like you can be anything on the spectrum of identity skin color orientation And the X-Men applies to you because of how the metaphor works, that it's something you're innately born with that you kind of, uh, that kind of emerges around puberty and it's a part of you and the world hates you for it, but it turns out it's your superpower. Um, And so for the first, the first time I did Iceman because it it had gotten canceled and then uh, it, it did really well in the book market Uh, as I had guessed Mm. as I had guessed and it got written up in the New York Times which I did not guess that would happen that was really Mm. cool Um, so they brought it back and and in the first time or the first series is very much a story about like one man's journey with self-acceptance and emphasis on man and one like it was very much like this white pretty dude and you know, they, and I always say it's like they have a story too, and that is a story, and everyone has to deal, you know, with uh, sort of cultural guilt. And his was an Irish Catholic guilt um, that he had to kind of get around and be like, "Hey, but I am here and I am queer, and it's not an issue." Uh, so for the book coming back and and me having this opportunity to kind of say, "Okay, I'm gonna have some authority here and tell my editors what I think the value is." Uh, for some of its audience, you know, yes, we let's do fight scenes. And yes, let's do um, this big action book about this chosen family called the X-Men. But also, let me tell you what I, you know, I tour and I am hearing what people say is the value. So I think it's also about this and uh, something I was super trying to do, which is why shade sort of snuck up on us was I was really trying to use... Uh, this group of mutants, um, they're called Morlocks and they live in the sewers um, and they are mutants who, uh, because of how their powers you know, how they sort of have mutated, I'm losing the words, but uh, anyway, they show, they can't hide that they're mutants. So their skin is like purple or gray or they have tentacles or whatever. Um, And they have been very much this metaphor for like the trans and non-binary community. So, I was trying to go explicit with that, and um, that was a real journey, and um, that was something I'm still processing in terms of working with a corporation on what you can and can't do with representation or what they are and aren't comfortable with with representation. Um, So I was having that battle over there, and at least I succeeded in maintaining uh, that it's in the metaphor, which breaks my heart. I wanted things to be a little more... Uh, explicit back to that word but whatever the metaphor is there and they didn't uh, mess with that and so in the meantime you know we're doing this mutant pride parade story and I just thought oh the MC would totally be a drag queen mm. let's have this drag queen over here oh like let's show her powers like it would be this and what and all are, that what
0: are her powers
1: so she can create these uh, she can kind of go in and out of these like void dimensions and um, similar to a character named cloak in the cloak and dagger series that you're seeing posters for everywhere Uh, now on frame form or something. I don't know. Uh, Also, I don't need to promote that, Uh, (laughs) but uh, yeah, so she can kind of come in out of these pocket void dimensions. Um, And it was all because I just wanted to say the, the pun throwing shade when she throws one of these voids out at a bad guy and then she's like, and that's what I call throwing shade, honey, you know, cause drag queens, you So you, you like
0: thought of that panel and you're like, done. Now I will. I built bat- a character. Reverse engineer. engineer.
1: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, yeah, we've all been there where it's yeah. just like you, you are like, I am going to work to say this dumb joke and I will make it happen.
0: a oh, girl, you better work. Um, <laughs> that, that's, Well, first, I want to just start by talking about the explicit versus implicit thing. And I do think that it's really important to be – I was just having this conversation with somebody, I think yesterday, about how, you know, exhausting – and by the way, this isn't, you know, we're – this isn't Marvel. Like, this is – when you are somebody who is in a marginalized community, um, you are constantly doing the work of creating the space that you exist in at the, the job that you have, the place yeah. that you work. And I think, like, it is very important to push those, like, to kind of, like, I, I'm almost doing, like, a, in my mind, if I think about it visually, like, pushing the walls, like, the bubble out a little bit around right. you, like, so that it's not just, like, only around your skin. So you're creating a little more space than your own skin um, for you to exist. But that's exhausting long-term. Yeah. And also, um, sometimes our wish might be that we could, you know, push it really far away from us. So we can like really breathe for a while. Yeah. But it's you know, we live in the we live in the real world. Like we yeah. live in a world where we are marginalized. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. You well, know, like, and these, yeah. And so these
1: companies are thinking about like, they're thinking not just about um coastal cities or cities that are rad. They're also thinking about uh other countries which like you know it does and doesn't matter we should you know like but it's that's that's a whole nother hurdle like even if you're thinking about China and they were talking about you know uh, queer erasure in what movie was it oh Bohemian Rhapsody which also has barely any representation in it and they wanted to scrub that out for their version Um, and it's not to sympathize for their perspective but it, it you go back to being like right like I want to do this, and I want to push this out, and and then you under you can I don't like the word understand in this situation, but you can you can see where they're coming from when they push back on you, and you can see why it's not in their agenda to help you expand and help you create more beauty. Um, yeah, and I mean, but it's not. Even I don't want to.
0: Can't see it. Like even if even if you're like, I like hate this. Yeah. There's also a limit to what we can do yeah. to what we can actually accomplish yeah <laughs> because I think what you're talking about is like being able to mentally like to 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 comprehend what's happening yeah. but not necessarily to empathize with it
1: yeah and I think thank that, you for saying that word by the like, way yeah comprehend because I don't want to say the word understand
0: yeah yeah so you comprehend it and you know I think that that's I guess we don't talk So much, I mean, this podcast is like, so often my guests are these people who are, um, like really moving, moving mountains. Um, even, you know, if if it's, whether it's in the political sphere or like it's these people who are really moving mountains. And I think it's important to talk about like, that's exhausting. Yeah. It's sometimes impossible. You could have a problem with the place that you work. Oh, why are you behaving this way? You can call them out on it that can affect no change that can affect yeah. change and it can affect no change oh, so yeah. like having a i guess what i'm saying is this is a, a win you yeah. know it, it, and i understand you're like ah this is what i wanted and this is the like compromise me not be the right word or this is what i got or yeah. whatever
1: but well and i think so like i definitely want to talk about the exhaustion cuz something i've never um, said publicly it, uh, or talked about is the exhaustion um and and it's all uh all of these thoughts in my head have kind of coalesced over the past weekend. I just did a convention in Anaheim called WonderCon and a friend gave me some lovely advice but um it is a win and it's super cool and I think you don't I don't let myself have that victory cuz I'm kind mm. of like well it's you know like is the character going to get used after I leave? I don't know. It, you know, did I do enough? And then more to the point I think you individuals forget it's a win because um, so many fans or consumers, they can't quite, they don't know how to voice their frustration or target frustration at a company. So they go to the individual and they go at the individual. And um, I just said at this convention I was working on a Power Rangers thing and on Twitter people were like oh great like he's going to force his like SJW agenda on us and I wanted to be like sis do you know how like licensed comic books work like I you know like I I will always tell the best story I can tell with the cast that is handed to me but like I'm not here to be like and then this is what I'm going to do to move the needle and then this company's going to say go for it it you know it's so much more complicated than that and it, and but they go at the individual rather than the companies or organizations or institutions um, and it God, is exhausting I
0: also just have to say I mean again when we're in this world <laughs> when we're in like the world of sci-fi comics like all sort of all the, those things that 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 touches it is very funny. I, I understand that maybe I don't like fully culturally get it, but it is very funny to me that anybody who would love the Power Rangers would have like a problem with somebody representing I, identity in the power – like even –
1: Their, their idea of fun, (laughs) my listeners out there, their, the Power Rangers idea of fun on a pastime was literally like, let's do like a recycle fair. Like, let's like, (laughs) let's go to this, like save the planet thing. Like they, or they're like, oh, let's go be UN ambassadors or whatever. Peace Corps ambassador. Like, but they're all about peace in the environment and teamwork. Number
0: one, absolutely. (laughs) Number two, like the original, um, show in the US also for its time had like, uh, some people of color in it yeah. as like as, as power Rangers like
1: and they had so much agency each and every one of them and <laughs> yes. it was always about teamwork and right yeah it just so that never mind that but so it's <laughs> very
0: funny it's just very funny as like a how dare you make this thing that was kind of always yeah, In this space. same with
1: X-Men to me. Yeah, I'm like, exactly. are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> right. it was always a metaphor for this thing. <gasps> yes. And yeah, maybe this, like you were saying, it's like the skin's not blue anymore. The skin is now like shades of brown. Right. And like, why do you care? Like,
0: I mean, which X-Men movie is it? Um, I know I'm departing from the comics, but which <laughs> X-Men movie is it where the whole plot is about the cure? Um, and I know that's like it, through the comics a oh. bunch, but there's like, uh, I think it's three or something where... It's there's a oh, there's an right. entire we'll
1: <laughs> yeah there's an
0: entire movie that's that's like a, specifically about the cure that was happening at culturally like when that was released that was yeah. a much bigger part of the narrative around homosexuality in the, yeah. in the U.S. than like maybe it is now like now we're like at the point where we're making laws against conversion therapy but at that time in like the whatever that. Ninety-eight. I'm like just yeah. imagining late nineties,
1: very early aughts, or something. Yeah, yeah. like that
0: was. I kind of lined up, so I yeah. don't know. I just mean I know that's not the comics, but it's still like
1: it's no. It's you're all, not it's the there. person
0: creating this, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. It's so it's it's very interesting to. But be, you also
0: are the person creating this, yeah. which is cool. It's both things are true.
1: Yeah, and, it, and I think something you know that's been discussed on this program um, a few times is that you know, like, yeah, you do take on all this weight and you do your best and it's no one should ever be speaking for an entire community, but to that same point, like, and this is the part of being exhausted was I hit this, like, uh, I, I reached this like point at San Diego comic-con, uh, last July where I was like, whoa, uh, there aren't, there aren't a lot of, and I know the podcast is introduced with like language will be used. And so to anyone who is, a. Uh, upset by me using this. I'm sorry, you know, but I'm, I'm using it only to refer to myself, but like, you know, I'm pretty faggy, uh, when I want it, like I'm, I I can get real faggy sometimes. And that was a a very exhausting thing to think about of like, okay, I got this far. I'm writing this X-Men comic. Uh, This is the top of the top in my industry to write for Marvel comics. And I did it without compromising much. Like I I made a zine called the Nine Weirdest Dicks I Sucked and still got hired by Disney. Um, <laughs> and so I just, yes. but I had this pressure of like, I don't wanna, I don't want to be a diversity hire, and I don't want people to think I'm a diversity hire. And I want people to see that you can be successful and you can still be yourself. And so every outfit I wore was this constant um tug-of-war of like, I want to be loud and proud, but I also want to uh, I want to make sure everyone still wants to pay. like, what's the word? Like, I don't want to make someone so uncomfortable that they turn away. And in comics, that is a th- that is more a thing than in other industries as people can get really put off by, uh, you know, the, uh, genderqueer presentation with fashion. Um, but, you know, like I had my nails painted red. Uh, I wore like a pink on pink outfit with this like pink crop top denim jacket that had fringe. And, you know, I wore this white leather. And and but every day there was this, you know, and, but then on top of that, I'd be going out to drinks with like the, you know, editor in chief of the company or these people who are very uh, influential, uh, famous, straight white dudes in comics. And I just, yeah, Sunday night that weekend, I just like, you know, someone was like, how was I, I was like, oh, it was hard. It was hard and then it just came out of nowhere I just started crying I was like it's really hard it's really hard I just want to win and I don't know how to win Aww. and I think I'm the only person who can like pull this off because like I don't know like there are only so many out uh gay uh male identifying writers in comics there are a lot of gay illustrators gay male illustrators and they their uh, sexual identity doesn't have to do much with their work because it's like it, you can be undeniable as a visual artist and someone can say you're that is an amazing drawing. But as a writer, people are far more able to pick you apart and far more able to associate your qualifiers with your like if your work is. Is any good or why you got the work? Um, so I'm like, whoa! There are literally only a handful of 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 men who are doing what I'm doing, who are getting the jobs I'm getting, and I want to make sure these people with hiring power don't associate. But then at the so that's the thing. It's this tug of war of like, I don't want you to say, I don't want to hire this guy because he's a messy faggot but then also I need to present myself as a messy faggot. So the fans know you can be whoever the fuck you want to be and you are allowed to get the work you want to get. Um, and it was just constantly, yeah, it was just in the back of my head. And I, and I really, really, uh, yeah, I really tired myself out trying to figure out how to do all of that. And because I do feel like I have a lot of experience. I've been doing comics since I was like 14. I worked, uh, under the guy who created the walking dead for a few years And, you know, and then I I moonlit as like a, a copywriter for PR firms. So I feel very media trained. So I feel like I'm more equipped than other people to be like, okay, I'm on a platform and I know how to utilize the platform to win people over and, and, and get people on the side of, you know, love and progress and change and acceptance. And yeah, it's a lot to put on yourself. And then, but whatever, you know, that's kind of what you have to do.
0: I want to break down a little bit what you just <laughs> said because I think there's a couple different things to talk about there. First of all, when you're saying outfits, you mean you're going to sit like when, if you, when you are invited to Comic Con, how are people, um, like, viewing you? Are you at a table, like, on the floor? Are you Wait. at a, on a panel?
1: Thank you for, yeah, thank you for, like, reminding me. I'm not talking to, like, people who know exactly how uh, <laughs> comics work. Um, so, yeah, when you get invited to a comic convention and you're of a certain you know, you're beyond just like tabling yourself. You're writing
0: you're, a big book for a big yeah, company.
1: Yeah. So you get, you know, they, you have to do discussion panels where you're in front of a room of either 100 or 500 people. Um, and they
0: like intro you and you walk out. Yeah, you walk on I've actually, <laughs> So I've been to, I've been to, I've been to Comic-Con and like done a panel thing there. So yeah. I, I know the thing that you're talking yeah.
1: about. And then you sign at a table or then you do on-camera interviews, you know, behind Got closed it. doors yep. for like sci-fi or viz or any of these other companies so
0: are people, do they have photographers there if you're doing an interview?
1: They do. Or they have camera people. Yeah. I'm yeah. not, I'm not so cool that I get to be in those entertainment weekly shoots. That is my like mm-hmm. life goal is to be sure. in that room. Is yes. Like, yes. like, cause I love those portraits and I yeah. really want to be in that. That's my career goal is like, I know I've made some version of it when I get to be in the entertainment weekly comic con photo shoot, but, uh, um, yeah, so you do signings and you do discussion panels and then you book press and sometimes it's on camera and sometimes it's not. So with the discussion panels again, yeah, you're like, I'm next to my peers and I'm next to these editors with hiring power. And then I'm in front of a room of, you know, uh, Fans who don't necessarily know me or give a crud about me. And and so you want to get them to buy the book, but you also want to get them to say, oh, I, I like what that guy has to say and I want to follow him. Um,
0: it's interesting as a writer, it's like before you get to a certain level of success, you're sort of unseen. Like yeah. that's like a, an interesting, you know, other people I know who are writers and then suddenly they have a book that does well. You're like, you know, you're going on a book tour or whatever, yeah. but you might be somebody who... Prior to that, like, wasn't the words are representing you as opposed to you representing the words. Is that how is that for you? Are you like comfy, like feel like feel good? Like I'm cool with people looking at me versus my work. How is that for you?
1: I'm well, I'm super okay with it. Um, I I've always been into I've always been into like the aesthetics of self. Um, I went to UC Santa Cruz, so I have like a lot of like liberal arts thoughts in my head. Mm. Um, but just I do, you know, I've all like and I I really like I really enjoyed emphasis on the word like enjoy. Uh, I enjoyed social media like right when it started happening and I always understood how dangerous and permanent it was, too. Mm. Um, so. I feel like I've always understood like, okay, you've kind of got to present a version of yourself. And then the thing I kept myself honest about was don't split though. Don't make who you are when people see you on the internet too different from the real you, because then you're going to hate life and you're going to feel like an actor. And I don't I'm not an actor, like, and I don't want to compartmentalize. I think that, like, is really hard on the soul, um, which is why I have the word dope tattooed on my hand. Mm. I, like, purposely set myself up to fail. I was just like, don't. Like, don't don't take life too seriously. You can never work in politics with that word on your hand. Um, <laughs> you, Like, I just never wanted to be put in a position where I stifled myself um, or where I quieted myself because I think for – You, for me, for many people listening to this, we're constantly in that situation of: Do you tone down? And and I heard this on previous episodes too. Like actually, like Evan Rachel Wood got me, like hit me hard when she was talking about a lot of that stuff because I was like, fuck, yeah. Like if Evan Rachel Wood feels that, like it just it's it goes everywhere. But um, but yeah. So I think about you know, and I just wanted to make sure: don't do that. Don't don't be that. Don't don't walk a certain way. Don't present a certain way. And accept the consequences of if you make people uncomfortable, because I just don't, I don't know, I've been sick. Like I, I had a sickness a few years ago in my esophagus that like got me real close to the finish line from just, I could see it. And I didn't like that. And, but once you go through that, you just kind of stop caring. And and that's kind of why that whole Iceman process was super intense for me was like, it was the first time like uh, more than myself was on the line. I really mm. felt a responsibility to like other people or my group of people or my people or whatever. And, um, and it'd been the first time in years that I had sort of not been able to just kind of play it cool or shrug it mm. off or be like, I got this boo. Cause I, I didn't have it. I didn't, I don't know how to do it. You, no one knows how to kind of handle that situation except for like Ellen and Margaret Cho, you know, like you don't know how to like straddle that line. And, and, uh, but you know, I did my best and I think I did okay. And yeah. And back to the shade dark veil thing, I think that was really cool. Cause then it, it did do the thing I wanted to do, which was expand the pool of identities in this fictional universe that is explicit, you know, like no matter how you cut it, uh, that is, you know, the the shade dark veil character is an out queer person of color putting on makeup in a wig and high heels and also fighting crime. So that yeah. Happened. So I want to. Oh, I have
0: I have so many I have so many follow up questions. Hang on, let me see if I can.
1: I'm gonna sip this delicious cold brew that you yeah. just magically oh, offer it, at the front. Yes, oh my gosh. you
0: can get cold brew here. It is um extremely strong. Yes, but I'm very happy. For you that you're having it, I just—I um,
1: only got like a quarter cup. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. No, I, I have, I have, uh, I have done the mistake of like this is we're recording this in the morning, but I've done the mistake of like it's like four or five, Mm-mm. and I'm feeling like I could use a little bad move. Yeah, it was, a, <laughs> it was a real whoopsie daisy. Um, well, also, I mean, on this specific character, it's it's also. I mean, drag is, has the, this makes so much sense to me and I I kind of can't believe that this wasn't like a, um, I mean, I know there's like, there's a, there's now like something called super drags or whatever right on that's Netflix. like, that's on Netflix, but I just mean in the actual comics world, like that isn't like a joke cartoony thing, but like uh, in the yeah. actual comic book world, it, it, um, it makes so much sense because, because like. The, it's the they're doing the same thing. Like yeah. a person who's getting ready to go fight crime or yeah. whatever is doing the same thing as the person who's like getting ready to... There You have to do... I mean, I would assume either... Uh, I think you have to do something very specific with your penis either way. <laughs> because I've seen some of the pants as drawn. Well, that's um. what's funny
1: is like, yeah. Honestly, because that's... Because, you know, people will be like, really? Like a superhero is going to take three hours to get ready to be a superhero? And I... and. How how long do you think this other shit takes? Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, if you look at like cable or any of these X-Men characters and the things they wear, I'm like, it takes a long time for any of them to act like to act if we're really gonna go there and talk about suiting up, like, let's talk about suiting up. Just
0: the eye makeup that they're doing behind the mask. Like it was only it was a couple of years ago that I realized that like before Batman goes out Mm -hmm. to like fight crime, Batman puts on like heavy yeah. eye makeup mm-hmm. so that you can only see the act like so you can see any eyebrow like we never talk about that we never yeah. talk about that like yeah he, and then he puts are, on the
1: suit and then he puts the underwear over the yeah
0: suit. there's a belt like it's so much work and it's then in the christian so Bale version he has
1: like the voice modifier so he's always uh, got to do a sound check before he oh leaves oh my god Alfred, yeah. <laughs> do i sound like i'm chewing on nails like I mean, yeah yeah good
0: and then you have to make the outfits which is also like drag like right. do you learn that do you have a seamstress that you go to all the time like you know it's and a it, whole thing
1: yeah so i'm kind of just like you're gonna clock me on this like <laughs> no i re- like and that's the fun thing is like i can just now be like i refuse to absorb this criticism <laughs> like like i don't i also, don't like
0: you know they're wearing like a wig cap underneath like the batman hood
1: like oh, that right. you can't
0: put that right on your head
1: Oh, we had everyone. Do you think about so much, that?
0: like very sweaty latex yeah, does, right on the
1: head? How does Bruce Wayne not have like patchy hair? He's got like, a wig cap on. Yeah. So anyway. anyway, or he's just not wearing any hair ever, and the Bruce Wayne hair is a wig. Is too. a wig.
0: <sighs> oh, <laughs> these are definitely Mind the options. Mind blown. Mind
1: blown. <laughs> I
0: also want to ask you because, um, so I'm I I don't use the F word because it's like not a word that applies to me. Right. Doesn't um offend me to hear it out of your out of your mouth. I just don't use words that don't apply to me yeah that's my like hard line um but I want to ask you like when you say that what do you mean I'm just curious because like we talk about that like I certainly say like sometimes like I'm like I'm dykey or like I'm feeling dykey but so often there's not like a follow-up question so I would love to know anything Um, you want to tell me about What that feels like for you.
1: And I have a question for you, too. and answer for an entire group of people, please. You got it. Um, No, but just like real fast. The word butch, that's cool or is that not cool? Like, I don't know.
0: Well, first of all, I mean, it's one of those words I think that your tone matters. Okay. Um, I'm not, I I think I am butch, um, but this is something that I didn't used to think I was. It's like an interesting thing. That evolved over time for me. Like, I didn't... When I had just, like, longer hair, nobody sort of placed me as masculine huh. of center. I don't know why that is. I wore the same clothes. Whatever. You
1: still always wear cool leather jackets. Our
0: understanding of gender is very strange. Like, right. I just had long hair, so people were like... And even long-haired butch is a thing.
1: Huh, yeah. Yeah,
0: like... Uh, like, you could even... You could even... <laughs> LHP. It's like a thing.
1: Yeah, I feel like if any, like, if any lady, like, did her hair like, Jason Momoa and, like, wore the, like, raccoon makeup, like...
0: That's, that's absolutely... You have identified a long-haired but I think, actually, <laughs> Jason Momoa is a long-haired butch. Like, truly. Because I'm very attracted to him. Yeah. And I, I think-, think that's actually what's going on. Um, oh, cool.
1: We, like... Okay, yeah, good. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, but... um, Thank you for answering that question. Yeah, and I, but I,
0: I don't think of it... But I think... It's also... It's not really a slur. Like, the way that, like, Dyke is a slur. Okay. But I do think that it feels... It's maybe used the same way that, like, femme is used for, like, gay men. There's and a glibness. There like, can be
1: a glibness to it. There
0: can be. Sometimes okay. it's from somebody in community being like, ugh, like, no femmes or whatever, right. which is, like, gross. But I think also sometimes it's somebody out of community just being uncomfortable that they've had to think about something. Okay. Like— Period that they've okay. had to think about something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was good. I, I was like, <laughs> period. Yeah. <laughs> that delivery was mm. great. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, but no. So back to the the f word. Um, and thank you for answering that because I yeah I was thinking about that and I didn't know where to go with it. But um,
0: oh wait, can I ask you a follow up question on that? Is okay. it because you have like seen? me use that word or someone else use that word or were you just like always you always were wondering is butch and you just like never had the right person to ask
1: i think because it's more so something like i'm not i feel very much 100 percent gay but there are some there are it's a spectrum there are always exceptions Mm -hmm. and um i have this one friend who like i cry like I see her and I get nervous. I'm like, hi, how are you doing? Oh
0: you doing? my God. Yeah.
1: Um, And, you know, and, and like, it's, and I think it's partially because like she has a motorcycle and she's got these like nice, like, she's got like this, like Rosie, the Riveter look, but she's also got this like computer nerd look, but she's also like, you know, a little bit like Betty Cooper and like, can like fuck around with like an engine. And I'm just like all of it, you know what I mean? But I would describe that. As Butch, and I don't want to. I don't want to ever. I'd rather just spend ten minutes talking about every detail that's making <laughs> me fall for her than do the catch-all. But no, I, think, I, I. But at the end of the day, some people don't have ten minutes to hear me talk about this. This woman who's my like only exception to like sexuality, where I'm just like,
0: <laughs> I love that. I love. I'm so glad I asked you so that I could hear that. I think that's a real thing, and I also think, I also think you know, like like Butchness is a is an identity that um has overlapped because we also don't talk about this very much like in the queer community there since it's a spectrum like and now we're all hopefully understanding mm-hmm. like that the binary isn't the thing that defines us yeah i think that we 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 have not very often lined up those spectrums. It's like there's like a spectrum for for people that identify as men. There's a spectrum for people that identify as women. But yeah. what's really awesome about queerness is if we wanted to, we could slide those spectrums next to each other yeah. and we could identify across. So like you being interested in like a dude that looks like a Tom of Finland drawing and right. this woman right. makes perfect sense. Which I've never because been into
1: dudes who look like Talma Finley. Okay. I'm more into like Al Borland from Home Improvement. Ah! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, ew, and Finley, yeah. gross. What are you doing with all that baby oil? Like, Oh,
0: you want, so you want it like matte, you want like a more, a more matte version, a less shiny version. Yeah,
1: yeah, oh yeah. I'm all about that matte black coat. I went
0: to um, a leather contest over the weekend and I had this experience of, like I just didn't realize there would be um, women there, like people that I, that I, that were like, that had like dyke written on their jacket or whatever. So it was like a lot of like leather daddies. And then it was like, also leather daddies. Like it wasn't like, because there were some like femi women there too. Women were the massively in the minority, and then there were like also some a few trans folks and mm. non binary folks. But then there were like leather daddies who were women. It just oh. made it made me so happy. Oh yeah.
1: And I and I. You got to come with me to the Eagle on um lesbian. I don't know. It's I don't remember what the night is. Oh, called, but-
0: I, my friends. Let's go. Yeah.
1: No, My I friends, mean it's like
0: run that night. Yes. I w- I, I'm not kidding either. Yes.
1: Wait. So I, yeah, I gotta, I gotta explain the F word, but yes, real fast, have we got to go to this. Every Angelina should go to this, although maybe not because like, let's let the space be theirs for the night. Um, but I went to the Eagle one night, like I was like, Oh, I haven't been like, let me yes. just go. And the I was a leather
0: bar. Yes. Yes. So I'm, Predominantly just giving, gay giving, male leather bar. Yes, yes. Giving some context for,
1: and, um, and I walked in and I was like, Why? there's so many women here? Yes. And then I ran into a friend who like I hadn't seen in person in a long time. And they were like, Hey, by the way, I don't go by that name. You used to call me by anymore. Now I go by this and I'm non-binary and there's my sir. And I'm like so much information. Yes. Give me a hug. Hi, I accept But what's going on. You know, but it was, it was a really, really rad night because I think so much in the lesbian and lady and NB community, like they don't have that space to kind of be, Outwardly, like leather kinky, right? Um, so it was really, really cool to to be a part of that and to also let a lot of friends know because I think either they write it off or they don't want to go out on a school night. And I'm like, no, just get your ass out for like 90 minutes.
0: I believe that the, I believe that what you're re- referring to is called cruise, and if that is what it's called, <laughs> like that's so, what yeah. the night is called, um, then it is. It's actually. Partially organized by my friend Pony, who oh. has also been oh. a guest on this show. Okay, Pony yeah. Lee. let's go. Um, but yeah, I would okay. love to go. I'm cool. like, yes, done. Yeah. Okay, achieved.
1: Yeah, goal. I'll, just, I'll tuck in a corner because I know it's not my night, you know. But like, I want to be there I, because it's a beautiful energy. Yeah,
0: and I want to um, stand with you and see yeah. like what you show up in, since you've described your like pink crop top oh, yeah. that has fringe. Like, oh, yeah. what are you going to show up in? I can't oh, wait to yeah. see. Don't even tell me. I won't. I will yeah. I have
1: to. I have to think about that because I will want to get kind. Like, I should. Okay. Yeah. No okay. words. All right. All right, but back to the F word, back to faggy and all that stuff. Um, I have been um, super into the idea of like, instead of walking away from being turbo gay, being turbo gay. Because um, it took like, sorry, for the hiccups. Um, it took living in West Hollywood and then leaving West Hollywood for me to see what, to know what the value of that was and to know what, what it meant to be in a neighborhood of, you know, quote unquote, like all my people. Um, And yeah. And I think, you know, when you're coming up, you're always trying to code switch or temper this, that, or the other. And I, and I've recently, I'm trying to be in this more accepting state of like, and to also communicate this to other people, like just take people for where they're at. Like, you can't constantly challenge people. And more to the point, like, I want to be where I'm at. And, like, today if I want to be, like, if I want to be this and I want to look like this and I want to dress like this, like, that's okay as long as I'm not, like you know, hurting someone's feelings. Um, sure. You know, like what's the issue? So like,
0: what are the, what are the things?
1: So for me, oh yeah. So like yeah, what to, are you
0: going to wear? Or well, like what, yeah. are, what, what makes you feel that way? So I think, I think it sounds like it's like a good thing for you. Yeah. I which think, like, I like, you're, I like love to wear my leather jacket. Like what makes you feel that
1: yeah. way? Yeah. So I think like wearing, I think wearing like in a like crop tops, I think are very awesome. Um, yes, and like I think like a lot of pink on pink on pink. Um is also definitely like, unless you're someone super cool, like, like rappers can wear millennial pink and not have their gender identity or sexuality questioned. But like, if I do, then I get the F word dropped on me. Um, so that's why it's like, well, yeah, I am. And, uh, jewelry, lots of jewelry. I like lots of necklaces. This one is one my mom gave me. It's just a little gold necklace with a, a lion on it. It's from Iran. And I feel like it has, uh, that energy. Um, Heels, I love wearing heels, um, but only when I want to because, like, they do suck. Like, they do hurt after a few hours. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: <laughs> I honestly wouldn't know. <laughs> uh, you've
1: never, ever worn even, like, a boot with a heel?
0: Um, no, like, when I was in high school. Okay, okay. I have worn, a, but it's it's been a minute.
1: Fair, it's I, been a minute. I love heels even on like, yeah, I have these, Uh, I got these boots at clo- uh, at opening ceremony that are like combat boots with like a little two inch heel. Like, oh, yeah. I like a good heel on me.
0: I've been thinking about trying to figure out cowboy boots because I really mm. like the way that they look. And I've been trying to figure out like how to wear them so that they like serve yeah. my gen, like what I'm doing. Because I think I, I think they're like in the spectrum, but that little heel, it's like mentally I haven't.
1: You don't like I've, it. I've
0: worn it. I've worn cowboy boots before, like with a suit or something. Yeah. Um, it's not that I don't like it. It just feels like, you know, it's funny what little things can crop up. And you're like, ooh, how do I deal with this thing now? Right. You know, just you, small things.
1: And you wouldn't do like, ah. oh, hi. Yes, my Bubba's. Sorry.
0: Um, Murph is here. My <laughs> tiny dog Murph is here today. And he did one Yelp slash he's also been shaking. If you've ever heard that. I just mean... I've heard him a couple times if you are listening and you're like, what is that distant sound of a dog shaking its body? Hey.
1: It's a sweet dog that wants a little bit of attention. Oh gosh, sorry. Uh, back to <laughs> back yeah. to queer stuff. Um lost my train of thought. It doesn't matter. Well oh yeah. Uh, shoes. I was gonna be like, like, and you wouldn't do like an All Saints like leather booty, like something like that. Is that too on the nose?
0: No, I mean okay. I I have done. I've worn like like I've worn boots that look like like with almost like lifts in them. Like what Prince would wear. Gotcha. I have worn that too, okay, cool. which is very funny because Bad. like then I'm like but they were men's. It's like, you know, very funny to imagine what makes me feel comfortable. It's like what uh what Prince would wear. He's actually right. like very feminine, but like Super. you know what I mean, but like that makes me feel okay, but then what Somebody else who's also feminine would wear wouldn't it's right. it's all very complicated and fun Fair. to continue I love to it. explore.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: wait, I want to ask you another question For because sure. you said um that your necklace is from Iran is yeah. that Are is your family iranian?
1: my mom is, and my dad's just white mutt sure like irish American like it's funny when you go on uh, when I go on dates with like guys who really care about that shit. And then they get, like, really mad about, like, that I just call him a white mutt. And I'm like, I, like, it doesn't matter. And they're like, well, like, what is it? What is it? And I'm like, you really give it, like, it's a bunch of Irish, some, like, American here, and then, like, one-sixteenth, like, Cherokee. Like, are you happy now? Like, I don't, <laughs> like, I don't relate to it. So, like, th- this is just for you and your, however your mind is processing this information. Like, anyway, but, uh, yeah. Uh, what
0: is your mom, what, is is she from iran yeah
1: yeah so she moved here uh, before the revolution uh raised me and my sister entirely by herself i love my mom hey mom you're not listening to this cuz you don't listen to podcasts but she reads audio she listens to audiobooks um anyway but uh yeah she was a great mom and uh so i identify with that so much and i think i also uh read ethnic like i was on ethnically ambiguous um and so we were talking about that where like even if even if you you can't tell I'm Persian, you know I'm something that isn't just like from Kansas. Um. Yeah, I mean
0: that's that's fair. Yeah, yeah, and I think also, well, it's funny because you mentioned... I also think that when when you are somebody who reads, like, then that that cultural identity is going to be really important to you because people yeah. are constantly like absorbing that about you. But then also, if you have a parent that more recently. Um, was part of a different culture. Like that also is like if when you're, I think when you're uh, somebody who's just like miscellaneous white mm-hmm. and from the US your culture can feel like I'm like very Italian, you know, like that can feel very important, but it's fun, but it's just because I don't have another thing that happened more recently (laughs) (laughs) or like another way people clock me. Like I'm like, you know, fifth or fourth or fifth generation, like I'm just American, but I just mean, it's, if you don't have like a bigger thing that people either read you as or that you have like more recent contact with, then I think that's why some white folks are just like, I am like,
1: it's very. I mean, it does,
0: whatever. My family eats pasta. I mean, I guess it's like, like, important in that way, but it's not. Um, and, you know, it's important to like sometimes if, if you're thinking about like ways your parents fight or something and you're yeah. like, ah, that's like a cultural thing. Yeah. But it's different if you're like being read a certain way or yeah. if
1: you're so, picking immigrants.
0: It's <laughs> like a very different thing.
1: Yeah. And it's definitely been a part of, I think, the expectation of me too. when people are encountering more of my mainstream or like, yeah, stuff on mainstream platforms is there. They, they want me to speak to that notion of intersectionality and, Mm. and I'm, and I'm like, I will, but I'm not, I don't, you know, it's like, I have other things on my mind that are still part of these conversations that isn't quite landing on that. And I know that that's very important for some people is the cross section or the divergence or the connection between, you know, all these things. And it's all on my mind. I don't know that's the, that's the stressful thing is like, you want to like, like you said, you want to like expand that bubble and you want to like, you know, reflect upon this entire group's, uh, you know, all these conversations that are happening and then you only have room for like what can fit in 130 pages uh, (laughs) with a superhero that has to spend so many pages fighting bad guys, like just like actually having physical. Yeah. There has to do some punching. Sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like
0: flying, punching, flying, shifting between dimensions. Exactly. These are the things that have to happen.
1: Yeah. And, and, and more to the point too, like they should happen because it's a comic book and it should be visually arresting. And that's what I always tell people who are like looking to get into comics. I'm like, remind yourself like this is a visual medium like make visually interesting things it's not selling out to like that's the point of this that's the difference between this and say like a serialized podcast is like the visual splendor of it all the fact that we are tapping into this part of our brains that is a kid again and is looking at you know uh like either cool uh race scenes or fight scenes racing vehicle scenes not race relationships
0: wait i want to ask this before i forget Mm -hmm. um this is kind of what i was talking about earlier i don't i don't really know like in the process Mm -hmm. of writing when are you interacting with an artist like when does that happen in the
1: um so yeah so like to quickly break down kind of like how to make a comic if you're not making it all by yourself because i've learned to make beginning middle end a comic all on my own in a vacuum and that's partially why i feel com- like why I have this, like, I don't give a fuck attitude is no one can ever take that away from me. Like if I need to make something and speak, I know how to do it. I don't need a publisher. And I have like enough of a following that I can like break even no matter what, no matter what I have to say, I can always break even and not lose my shirt. So there's that. But for someone who doesn't have, uh, all those capabilities, uh, you know, you, an editor says hey what would you do like f- with the example of I'm writing a Jughead comic over at Archie and so he was like hey uh, what do you think about this thing Jughead we did a time police uh, narrative years ago what do you think of that and I was like hey it's cool Reread it on uh re-read it in book form I don't know why I was going to say on Kindle because I don't have one um, that's what happens when you're nervous anyway but um <laughs> Uh, and so I reread it and then I sent like a one page document being like, this is what I would do in broad strokes. And this is how it would break down over five single issues. They say, cool, we like that. Now do a more detailed outline. So then you go page by page and you say, okay, on page one, he does this on page two, he does that. Um, and then at that point they start to hire an artist and look at artists. And then I go into writing the script script goes through editorial, um, I do a revision or two. And then at that point, the artist comes in um, and they start doing sketches to show you how they would draw the characters. Um, and then this guy, Derek Charm, he will lay out the entire book in chunks. And so he'll show you broad, like, like it'll look like storyboards mm-hmm. where it'll be really rough and things won't always fit in the lines and there'll be like, you know, lines indicating directions or movement. Um, and then at that point, editorial and and myself will all go through and say, okay, this is what I'd change or not change. And then he goes in and he, uh, inks it. Uh, he draws digitally, but that just basically means these are the final lines that'll be sent to someone who does the color art. And then they hand it to someone who does, um, the word balloons lettering. And then at that point, I look at the whole package and I say, Oh, like, Oh, like that, well, I'm being really repetitive with that word. Let's cut that in that thing. And, uh, and then at that point they send it to the printer, uh, so yeah that's I'm
0: thank you for first of all thank you for telling me this process.
1: I told you how to make a comic in 85 seconds. I like <laughs> that was
0: amazing. Um on Shade Darkvale. Mm-hmm. Um, so the artist there is that
1: I designed the character.
0: You designed the character.
1: Yeah, just because it was one of those...
0: Thank you. That was like what I was going to say. Is it like you're hiring within the community? Like, how do you make sure that the representation is right? You do it yourself. (laughs) Well, yeah. And that's... I mean, yeah. That's
1: kind of the... Yeah. Because I was just... And that was the thing, too, was I... Even, like, uh, to tell a story that happened after the conception of the character, I... Put this thing on Instagram stories being like, oh, should I make this print of Darkvale? Like, would you buy it? Yes, no. Poll, like fan interaction. Anyway, um, and it was like a picture. It, it made, uh it, it referenced this like Marvel anniversary cover template where it was like every, like the big main Marvel superheroes framing the image and then the character's face in the foreground. Um, And a friend I work with who has colored me in the past was like, oh, I'll, if you do it, I'll color the shit out of it. And I had to write him and be like, look, like, I would say yes. But, like, it takes me an hour to render the makeup. And we have had conversations about how you don't really do contouring and you don't do these types of shadows and and highlights. Wow. So, and he was like, he was well, how about we collaborate? And you can color her face and I'll do all these heroes and I just won't put it on my CV. And I was like, great. So that was why I was kind of like, I have to be really hands-on, Marvel. Like, because how do I explain to this artist why these proportions matter? Like you have to give her comically large yeah, breasts. She sure. needs this padding. So I went in and, and uh, I, and also I, you know, it just would have taken forever to go back and forth. and And I did want that. I did from not an ego standpoint, but a little bit of an ego standpoint to be like, I designed this, like I can stand by it and, you know, I wanted to take like a modicum of credit. I think Um, that's,
0: by the way, that doesn't sound like ego. That's how, I mean, just, but you know, when you're working with an artist,
1: I want to be collaborative and I want them to take ownership of the work too. And, uh, and he did some, you know, he kind of came up with some really great embellishments that I didn't. And so it it was a collaboration, but yeah, I sent a sketch over and then I sent, um, and I even did a like, I, I did a sketch of, like, the makeup and how it should – how the sort of the contouring and highlights should – by the way, for anyone listening, I'm, like, like gesturing on my face all the different areas of how the makeup was going to look and sort of even the eyelashes, like, how long and big they should be for the top and the bottom. And, and
0: how do you know that?
1: How do I know yes. how those things look? Well, because I'm – I'm a fan of, of drag and, and I, I love drag. Um, and so it was sort of something on my mind a lot too. And, and I think, I'm really impressed by these queens and what they're doing. And you watch their tutorials and you hear them talk about how, like, oh, only beginner queens wear, like, a single wig on the head. I was like, what? You need to stitch multiple wigs? So you you
0: were already watching tutorials, like, prior to this. Like, that was already a part of your life and you really knew it from, like, lived experience.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing I was even – I even said I wrote this – think piece kind of when we unveiled the name Dark Vale and explained the origins for the character's conception. And I said, um, you know, this was a part, this was my normal. And I had no clue it was going to be a big deal because to me, like either after going to like anything of any sort, but like if you go to a parade or an event or a themed evening, the night usually ends with like going to a bar and watching drag queens do death drops for tips, (laughs) you know, like that's just that was my world and like that was my normal and yeah the night always ends somehow with watching a man in gigantic heels you know performing drag. Um, I think that's
0: I just I ask all those questions because when we are when we're talking about like specifically something specifically drag not even yeah. something like that like drag sp- specifically drag which is having having this real moment in moving like more towards. I mean, is it almost even straight-up mainstream at this point? I was going to say more towards mainstream, but, like, is it just straight-up mainstream? I've argued Um, yes. Yeah, so, like, that—now a lot of people have access to this idea. There are a lot of people who maybe could have approached—not that they would have come up with their idea, but they maybe could have approached this from, like, well, this is in culture, so now I'll tackle this or whatever. And I think that sometimes it— Can then create a situation where it's like we're being written out of our own history or out of our own ability to – like it's important to me that you created this character. You know what I mean? And that it wasn't like uh, the Marvel – um, right, like, like through
1: the machine. or I was just yeah. going to say
0: like the pop machine or whatever. Like yeah. that it's just like, what what's cool now? Like boop, you know? Yeah, <laughs> pop, you know, and that. I
1: think that's what made it take off was that it was sort of just matter of fact and just there. And then the thing that was also really cool, um, and this was so intentional and I'm really like, it's like if, you know, you can be proud of like little things you've done in your work or even like the way you've crafted something and they're... Um, there's this whole fight scene and it's funny cause I forgot why I would like, you know, like this process of writing this book was like over the course of like six to eight months. And you forget why you were so tethered to an idea when you're like at the tail end of it. And I, and I just like, I was like, why am I, I, I like, I had forgotten. I was like, why is there this whole B story where these characters are defending the mutant pride parade? And I was like, why was I working so hard to get, Emma Frost's brother Christian into this fight scene and and Shade, she was called Shade at the time, Shade in there and and then I was like, "Oh, right, sis. Like you did all that because it's a it's it's a statement. It was two things, but it was a statement about how um the have-nots are typically the ones on the front lines protecting the ones with the haves." And so there was this whole joke at the end of the scene where like These mutants are the Morlocks come and help these like fringe mutants uh, stave off a bunch of uh, just let's call them terror criminals, you know, who are going to basically commit a massacre at this pride event and they stop it, you know? And then the Pride event lets out and all these people are like, oh my God, look at this dystopic installation. Like, they didn't even know. Like, they had no clue what was happening because they were partying. And so that was like one statement. But then I was like, oh, but I picked all these characters because like, I wanted this to, you know, I didn't want it to be like a direct like Stonewall reference, but I wanted I wanted that back in there, that history of like, these are the people who are not at the forefront. These are the people who are taking the hits you know, are the drag queens, the sex workers. Um, Emma Frost's brother is a survivor of conversion therapy, like survivors of trauma. Like these are the ones defending our rights. And sometimes you don't even see it. And that was the, like, you know, that was like the best I could do at the end of the day with the series was like, Hey, I like, I wanted to do more, but like, at least I did this. Like, and it was in a book that was about a pretty white guy. So like I tried my best and, you know, but like I that was in there and I and I'd forgotten halfway through the process of writing it. I was like, why am I doing this? <laughs>
0: Emma Frost's brother is a survivor of gay conversion therapy?
1: Yeah. His um he's a uh his name is Christian and he was like her best friend. She's the white queen. She is this like fan favorite. Um I
0: know what she looks like. She's very I, hot. <laughs> I've got some I've got some like I am boy am I not like a reader of comics, but um for a minute I was my my like only investment, and I'm I'm just being honest. Yeah. that I've paid Safe hardcore space. in my life was was I was really into She Hulk for a small. Oh yeah,
1: no. And Mariko Tamaki writes wrote that book, and it's a great. Oh anyone my god, who it's
0: very good. Any and
1: iteration of She Hulk is recommended, but Mariko's is awesome, especially because of the way she handles trauma, survival, and like. Anyway, sorry. I just
0: also no. I just also love that she's a lawyer. I just, oh like, yeah. I just can't explain to you how much it I, it tickles my fancy that she. uh, is you know green and a superhero, and um, but also like you know a biz like has to go to work in like a suit. Yeah, and like,
1: <laughs> yeah. <and> it's very <laughs> unlike cool.
0: the Hulk. It's not this is it's not related to um, anger for her. She can she can be green without anger. So yeah. So sometimes she's just in court. Fully as the She-Hulk. I don't know. That does it for me. I love it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So good. And also, yeah, like on the nose, if anyone, yeah, I like need to remember that if anyone's ever going to do a She-Hulk like movie or TV, TV show, like an, like a procedural TV show with the She-Hulk. Oh my God. It'd be so good.
0: Oh my God. It really.
1: Like the good wife, but with Hulk, it would just be so great. Um, And that's the magic like right there. Cause I think some people can't put their finger on what makes like. You know, it's like of course Joss Whedon couldn't break Wonder Woman or Batgirl because like he he doesn't know what that value is. You know, mm-hmm. right there. You know, like because it's like he's like, oh yeah, like it has to be about like the jokes and putting her down, and it's like no, it's about like that. She just rises. Anyway, oh, woo! Um, but <laughs> we are nailing it. Spicy, uh, but uh, yeah, I don't even. Yeah, but anyway, so that was yeah that that's what was cool about kind of working with Marvel and understanding you have these pop culture constraints and you have to deliver for the masses and I do think that's fun I find that to be a fun exercise
0: oh hello hello hello. Matt I love you very much I'm so sorry Murph is just he's (laughs) just he's protecting us um, because look, you got a camera and you're coming in and...
1: <laughs> and a really dope gorilla shirt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, sorry, where, yeah, but where were we?
0: I don't know. Well, here's where we are. We're at 50, we've been talking for 59 minutes. Excellent. Which means that technically it's the part of the show where I asked you, I asked you to shout out a queero, which okay. is like a person or a place or it could be a thing that made you feel like you can be who you are today. Okay. Um, but I also... We've gotten all over the place. Is there some way that folks can... First of all, how can folks support you? Obviously, like... They can buy your books. What's the most recent thing that folks could buy? Um, I'm think- just asking this question because oh, yes, so sometimes you just got to straight up ask.
1: Yeah, no. Um, well, first of all, if anyone's interested, thank you. Uh, I would say the third Iceman collection that we just talked about uh, will be in stores by the time this comes out. Cool. So that'll be great. And it's I actually kind of think of it as its own volume. So you don't have to have read the previous two. Um, and it has... Amazing characters for everyone. Uh, So please check that out. But um, yeah, I'm. It's I. Lucky I have this name that I hated when I was a kid because I was Xena Warrior Princess or I was Cena Warrior Princess. <sighs> um, and in and I, you know, we talked. Yeah, I heard you talk about that with Roxanne, yeah. where it's like when you're a kid, anyone just says any goddamn thing to you. But um, yeah, at my name, I'm a Twitter Instagram guy. Like you can find me on Facebook, but Twitter yeah. Instagram is where the good tea is. Awesome. Um, but yeah. Uh, and then Aquiro, I have so many now. And um I'll just do a few. Is that okay? Can I buy can I just take as much time as I want and say a few? You
0: can say a few. For different eras You can my say life? a few, yes. Okay,
1: so um it I had this weird, like I remembered being uncomfortable, um, being made uncomfortable by Pedro Zamora's existence on the real world. And then when I was in high school, I read Pedro and Me, the graphic novel by Judd Winnick. And it was one of two times I cried reading a comic book. Um, because it really it honored his life, and I think also um, addressed and explored our problem with out gay people in the '90s, especially someone living with HIV at the time. Um, That's a and, really
0: beautiful book.
1: Yeah, and he was also like, and then when I was in college, you know, we analyzed just his mere existence on the show as culture jamming, and how he. And again, it goes back to like he knew he knew he was a charming, handsome fellow and he knew that he could make people hate less in this world if he could just win your heart over. And that and that and again, so that's why he's a queero to me was like he took that on whether and and I think we can say it was intentional. He knew what he was doing. And I think he did it really well. Um, so he was one of my first queeros. Sylvester was a queero. I remembered reading a book about him in college, and I and that I cry a lot from books, but that was like, again, I'm just like bawling in public outside of a cafe, not even realizing what like, you know, the voice behind a disco song had done for people. Um, of late, sort of living queeros. Um I, I get to call him a friend, like it's not even a like a Hollywood you know, douche thing like, but Stephen Canals and pose and he is really working hard to leverage his platform for other people. And I think that's kind of where I've been at. Like if you're in any position of privilege, rather than feeling guilt about your privilege, revel in it and then send the elevator back down. Like, but no one, like no one in Chechnya is like looking at me being like, I want you to feel guilt. Like they will probably be like, you should be having a blast, but also like help us. But like, and that's kind of where I'm at where I'm like, okay, I will like give money to these organizations, rainbow railroad, rainbow railroad, they will help them. And then I will also like live my goddamn life because I have the privilege. But, um, I think Steven does a lot, like does a lot and thinks really hard and aggressively for how to help others. Um, our lady J similarly, you know, Mm -hmm. all of them in that crew on pose Mm -hmm. are really doing that goddamn work um and yeah
0: yeah. it also makes sense to me that that pose would work for you like just the art of pose as a tv show because it kind of i mean it it kind of plays like a comic like it like just there's so much it's so stylized it's so
1: loud yeah Yeah. it's so loud and so visually uh aggressive in a great way Mm -hmm. and and that's the pop culture i lean to and then um my last Queero, because I was uh, thinking about, I like, I texted her earlier, and I was like, I'm going to try and name drop you. Like, I'm going to try and not forget. Um, I'm working with this editor on a new book uh, coming out in July called Ghosted in LA. It's a comic book. I'm so excited. Um, and that wasn't meant to be an announcement. I'm more meant, I want to talk about this lady, Shannon Waters, my editor, because the only reason I'm doing this book was I've wanted to work with her. She created the Lumberjanes comics, which are now a book. Which Oh, are now, my
0: God. I totally know the Lumberjanes. Yeah.
1: yeah you. Have she read. needs to be here because- yes. She was also, I met her through um, Adventure Time. She was editing those comics and she worked really hard to try and bolster all of the themes, the queer themes in Adventure Time while never alienating a fan group. But she, you know, there's a lot of subtext in Adventure Time. And she worked really hard to nourish and embrace that fandom. And then I think with Lumberjanes, like she created this book and you know told boom studios uh our publisher her bosses um like let me do this like let me do this book it's gonna be this thing uh the conflicts are gonna not really be what the western definition of conflict is gonna be and there's really just not gonna be any dudes and it's okay like just Uh. you know and and boom studios was like go gaily forward.
0: Uh, <laughs> yay! So
1: Shannon Waters is amazing. My assistant editor Mike Macchio, is also super great and and they're just great and I love that like I have them on I just yeah, I really wanted to work with them because they make books you can just be so proud of, and and are so pretty and are so good, and um, and she's really and and they're again in in the sense of who they're hiring and and what kind of stories they're asking people to tell, gay, straight, or bi, lesbian, transgender, all of it, not you know, ace, etc. they you know they are asking you to bring your perspective in, again in the service of good storytelling, um, and so Shannon, you are a queero. I sent it in my text message like. I am uh, wow. like I am f- overcome with emotion that I a get to collaborate with her, but then b that she, I don't know how hard she went to bat, but it, she went to bat and said like let's give this guy the chance to really be himself and not and you know Mike, my assistant editor, always answers most of my creative questions with it's copyright, Cena Grace, like <laughs> you're making that decision, not us, and wow, so that's awesome. So yeah, um, these are my queeros. That should be
0: all. Could it be could that be at all work <laughs> uh ever? I it's, wish. It's copyright cameras, you know, like do what you must. Uh, I
1: wish, gosh, because that's the thing, is it's you that. know, they, they're saying that now, but there will be moments yeah, where I'm sure. where they're gonna be like, it's copyright you, but yeah. the logo treatment's kind of what we've already picked. <laughs> but no, I'm easygoing with that stuff. So yeah, they're my queeros. That's very You're cool. my queero. This is I'm just very so happy right now that I don't know, I'm in this space and I'm just
0: I'm so happy that you were able to be here. <laughs> and only because I will send you back into your day um with because you mentioned adventure time. I know that the comic is a different thing, but um, this is just something I'll say between the two of us that might tickle your fancy i I did a voice on that show, <gasps> and it's her name's Carol the cloud person, then later she comes back and she's made of ice <sighs> because of how different you know what I mean, yeah states of water
1: subtext
0: and matter um but she uh. I like went in and did the voice and I hadn't seen the character design yet. And then when I saw it and the actual, I used to have this haircut that was a side mullet is what I called it. Like went off to the side and it just so happened that the character design that like existed they didn't know. prior to me is, uh, it's a cloud person with a one-sided haircut. Like the odds oh that then the voice actor would have that same haircut. It was extremely fun to talk about on social media oh and be like, gosh. I'm a cloud. And then people being like, "Uh, you're not a cloud. You are you as a cloud. So anyway, yes. just oh. sometimes in life we get these tiny moments of like, Oh, what a joy and a pleasure! She is a funny. A, let's make a good, pin of that. <laughs> let's haircut, collaborate. You know, on that. <laughs> yes, I, I really, really made me so happy. Aww. Um this was a pleasure. Same. I cannot wait to go to the Eagle with you. That oh my God, will yeah. definitely happen. Yeah, yeah.
1: No, I, I've only gone once. Let's do it again. <laughs> okay. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. <laughs>